one 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 uh tom say something can you hear me yep okay cool R-O-C, we running this rap shit Memphis Bleak, we running this rap shit B-Mac, so no we running this rap shit Freeway, we running this rap shit What you think about that, Tom? Who won the Jay-Z Nas beef? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Jay-Z because he's a billionaire and I don't think Nas is really around anymore. Wow, okay already with Alonzo Ball take. Let's get into this uh, takeover of American boxing from Eddie Hearn, DAZN, Perform Group. You were at the event today, and apart from probably the biggest announcement I've ever seen in boxing, which is the exclusive rights to Michael Buffer's uh, emceeing, what did we learn at least that we didn't already know, because if we look at what we already knew, they didn't announce any new signings. The signings are Jesse Vargas, Demetrius Andrade, Jarrell Miller, um, Danielle, or Daniel, Danielle, Danielle Roman. Uh, who else did we have? Um, Archer Betterbiev. Oh, but let's just qualify that and say half of these guys are co-promotional deals, which means that essentially... They'll fight under the Matchroom USA banner in a move to get them televised, or not exactly televised, but basically in a way to get uh, them exposure by having the ability that someone will watch them on a streaming service. But apart from that, Tom, what did we learn from this? Other than, and we'll, well just we... start this off hot. Sorry, Tom, <laughs> I'm going to... Other than, because we got to start hot. And what I'm did we bracing. Learn? I'm bracing for the hot take. What did we learn other than the fact that it's complete nonsense that we will see Joshua fight Wilder next year? Because why on earth would we have this staged nonsense between Anthony Joshua and Jarrell Miller? Well, yeah, <laughs> totally staged. Uh, very clear they're setting up, uh, continuing to set up Miller to be Joshua's first opponent in the U.S. And the, the Wilder fight has never looked further off. I mean, besides that, you have the Joseph Parker, uh, Dillian White fight going. Now they're setting up Jarrell Miller to be his opponent. So anyway, um, <laughs> my first take when you said, what did we learn today? Well, we learned... Uh, beyond who they signed that they didn't sign, uh, Gabriel Rosado or Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., they were notably absent. Um, also, as far as who's actually signed, I believe, I believe, and I, I would like to go ultimately on a fighter-by-fighter -fighter basis, because uh, there isn't that much stuff to discuss, but um, Demetrius Andre, I believe, is now a match from USA fighter, and I believe Jesse Vargas is now a match from USA fighter. I don't think any of the others are actually match from USA fighters. I think I, they're I just. I believe you're accurate in saying that. Yeah, fights are contracted. Ooh, ooh, excuse me. Separately, he signed three uh, <laughs> uh, terrified looking uh, prospects straight out of the amateurs. Uh, so just to call them out Rashad Mahdi, uh, Nikita uh, <laughs> Ababi. Okay. Yeah, Nikita, uh, the, the, a name that strikes like excellence. That that's all I think about. Okay. So by the way, if anyone wants to check out, if you go to Matchroom's Instagram page, they have a link to his Instagram. He uh, <laughs> he is the douchiest Instagram page of all time. Uh, check it out. 
it's worth it. Uh, I'll post it in the Instagram in a second. Uh, I'll post it in the Discord in a second. And then uh, and Kosi Solomon. So they confirmed these. These were all guys who weren't planning to turn pro until like a week ago. You know, which uh, that's something we can get through when we go uh, just guy by guy. But there was a lot of stuff here which was done at the last minute where there was some. I mean, I think it's a broader theme. Uh, Hearn had promised, you know, billion dollar deal, the takeover. Clearly, a lot has changed since then. Um, I mean, on the DAZN side, they're now partnered with Bellator and the World Boxing Super Series. So the Matchroom USA side of this has been clearly diminished. And uh, it seems, you know, cynical to say this, but for no other reason than him needing a few more people on the stage, he plucked three guys out of the amateur who, as of a few weeks ago, had no intention of turning pro. Um, On that same topic, I talked to Daniel Roman. At the event, he said he hadn't had any discussions with Matchroom until about a week ago. Um, again, further verifying that um, you know this this takeover plan was not working, and they just needed to get a few people up on the stage, and they kind of slapped together this event. Wait, hold on, um, hold on. I'm going to stop you right there. This needs to be fleshed out a little bit. So did you actually get a quote that said this wasn't happening or this wasn't working as well as we initially planned in so far as... A takeover. No, of course not. They're never going to say that. That's okay. I'm just saying I, that's an inference that, that you made. Well, the way that this event played out, he wasn't going to say <laughs> billion yes, dollar takeover yes, is canceled. Yes. Uh, <laughs> shitty disowned deal is my new best friend. Right. I right. think I butchered that meme, but uh, yeah, I mean, this is how you walk that back. I mean, he had some version of a press conference, which was greatly diminished from what had been promised. Um, you know, this was, by the way, supposed to be a joint press conference for the Bellator side of this and the, the match from USA side of it. And Hearn kind of <laughs> took over the event in ways which are kind of uh, funny and petty, uh, which I can either get into now or we can get into uh, when we circle back. Well, I'm sure David Hay wouldn't be shocked. Uh, and it, it does seem last minute because Maurice Hooker... Uh, his manager had said, and this is from the producer, that he had an offer from ESPN Plus. And, and I can confirm that because um, from what I know, Maurice Hooker was scheduled to defend his title against Alex Saucedo later in the year. And, I, and as far as I know, Top Rank has that as a confirmed fight. So this is pretty interesting if uh, they're pulling out of that deal in order for Hooker to fight you know, someone who's British like uh, Anthony Krola or somebody at 140 that uh, Eddie Hearn might have in a stable right now. But uh, what is this pettiness you're talking about? Oh, just the, just in terms of the stagecraft, the way the event was uh, staged. They they first did a sizzle reel. They announced Michael Buffer, which, by the way, he's not even exclusive. He just is going to be on his own. I don't think this was uh, indicated that he wasn't going to do you know ESPN or HBO dates. He well, just I'm canceling my subscription then. <laughs> yeah so anyway uh, after doing that they put on the sizzle reel which was heavily based around his own all of the the whole event uh which Hearn mentioned more than once was paid for by his it was all his branding uh, markings everywhere nothing match from usa um so when they were, were running through the event they started with some general disown stuff they brought on buffer buffer introduced Hearn, and then Hearn essentially ended the press conference you know, they had that staged uh, encounter between Joshua and and uh, Dillian. I mean, not Dillian White. God, big big baby Miller. Same difference. Um, they did the photo ops. Uh, Joshua was 
ushered away from the photo ops, which was a very funny little moment. Uh, Joshua was getting annoyed with having to do the pictures and her and said, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. He said sort of sheepishly to the photographer and they uh, just ended that, which was weird. And then they all walked off and all of the press just walked away to, you know, go do interviews with the fighters and stuff. And then uh, Michael Buffer was sort of calling, oh, no, there's 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 more to the, you know, normally the way that it works, you, you sort of hand off the mic or something and Hearn um, <laughs> sort of stomped off stage. And, uh, you know, he did his part. Uh, he did not want to deal with the Bellator stuff. He, he sort of let them uh, just, uh, I don't know, die on stage after he finished. Uh, but n nothing with the World Boxing Super Series. This is a separate thing since I'm just talking about the general, um, for whatever reason, I'm going to go ahead and assume that was because Hearn didn't want to get um, upstaged by that content. So, um, Well, there's also the fact that that hasn't officially been announced. Like, we haven't had the official uh, gala. Well, right. There's, they have the gala, yeah. But they easily could have had a guy who said, we're looking forward to Season 2. Season 2 is announced. I mean, they've already announced names of fighters. It's not like... Um, it's not like nothing. It's not like you know news that hasn't been announced yet. They have announced they are doing the World Series of Boxing. They just haven't done the draft gala, which they're doing. You mean the weekend. World Boxing Super Series? World, World Boxing Series of Super Boxing. Series, excuse me. Yeah, it's completely different. different. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting that for a while, Gabe Rosado and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. were rumored to have signed a deal with uh, Matchroom, and who knows if that's actually happened or not, but. Are any of these fighters that have been signed as popular as either of those two guys? Um, well, I'm not going to say popular, but yeah, none of these guys match the dollar amounts of, except, well, okay, so a few pieces to this. Uh, Jarrell Miller as a B-side to Anthony Joshua will be bigger than Chavez Jr. Disagree um, with that, but keep going. Well, I just mean in terms of it's not like Chavez Jr. can have a rematch with Canelo. I don't think there are any any events that he can bring that much economic value to at this point. Um, and Andre has that that good fight set up with Billy Joe Saunders. So that's that's a real fight of consequence. It's not a given yeah, that he but wins. It's irrelevant but does, in America. This is a takeover of America, America we're talking about. No one in America cares about Demetrius Andrade fighting Billy Joe Saunders. Well, the winner of that fight will be heavily positioned to fight Canelo uh, or Triple G, which, you know, to the point of Chavez Jr., I mean, his last big payday was fighting Canelo. So if yeah, you I, think I that Andrade is getting, let's assume Andrade wins for Eddie Hearn's benefit. Um, but the fact that you really think that Andrade would get a shot against either Canelo or Golovkin before Danny Jacobs? Well, probably not, but he would have a belt at that point And, you know, Belts matter. I mean, look at how much discussion there was of Pacquiao's uh, <laughs> WBA regular title win this weekend. Um, yeah, I, I think I stand by that. And as a separate piece, um, very strange um, that Daniel Roman ended up getting picked out. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming at this point they really were just going down the list of all the belt holders available in the sport and saying, you know, who can we get? And by the way, he confirmed to me directly he's still with Thompson Boxing. Um Still with Thompson Boxing, and this is just a one-off. I mean, he said that extremely directly. There's no long-term deal. Hold on. You're just glancing over really, really, like, quickly over a a one-off? Yeah. So, literally... He said that directly. I asked him. You trot out a, a fighter as part of your takeover of boxing, and the dude's only got a one-fight deal? 
Well, that fight, if you even want to call it a deal, I mean, they're just basically broadcasting him on... They're just putting him on that broadcast, basically. I, I mean, I have to assume that, first of all, Eddie Hearn is an incompetent, and I know he's not. I mean, you don't sign a deal of this magnitude by being incompetent. And the fact that Roman is fighting Gavin McDonald leads me to believe that there's some sort of option on his future, which means that he will very likely be appearing on at least one more matchroom card. Um, but I think that's super interesting that this dude has only signed himself up for one fight. Like how... I mean, this is a completely different uh, subject we're veering off into, but like, how is this a takeover? <laughs> well, obviously it isn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is... Uh, this was really uh, Hearn coming out with the t- his tail between his legs to really just... Uh, trying to tamp down on his earlier takeover announcements. I mean, look, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I'll put it, I'll say it this way. I mean, uh, when the top rank ESPN deal got announced, it was all about reaching the biggest audience possible, 100 million subscribers. This is what boxing's about. We've hidden it behind a paywall. Then, you know, meanwhile, now they're on ESPN+. Plus. I, I know you've said ESPN+. Plus. I mean, you've said at length that ESPN+, Plus is a big initiative. Yes, that's true. But it's another case of, boxing being hidden behind a paywall and taking the niche boxing audience and using them as a tool to get early adopters for the service. And, you know, that's exactly, you know, so in this case, we have another thing. Hearn has a big promise. Oh, the takeover. Well, okay. What's, what does this really mean? He has, if you just check out their page, they have very clearly labeled who is promoted by who. Drell Miller is promoted by Dimitri, co-promoted by Dimitri Salida mm-hmm. and Greg Cohn Promotions. So he's just on the card and he's continuing to be groomed for an Anthony Joshua fight. That's what's happening with him. Uh, Dimitri Andrade, he is straight up match from USA. Maurice Hooker, <laughs> I mean, I can barely get this out. It's too ridiculous. He's co- he's promoted by Rock Nation Sports. So they're just talking about him Powerhouse. related to. Uh, the getting, you know, basically the plan for him, they don't even have the fight side, is just to win the purse bid ultimately for the Alex Saucedo fight. If Top Rank wins that purse bid, that's on ESPN. <laughs> so they might not even get him on. You know, he's a Rock Nation fighter who may or may not even fight on the service depending on who wins the purse bid. Uh, they did sign those three young prospects, again, straight out of the amateurs, and they said a week ago, they were planning to still be in the amateurs. Like amateurs don't normally sign up with promoters during the summer. I mean, that seemed very suspect, and they confirmed that that this was just a random occurrence. Uh, next on the list, Daniel Roman again, tops in boxing, promoted. They're just going to try to get that fight, uh, or they they made a deal to get that fight. Excuse me. So Gavin McDonald is a matchroom fighter. Uh, Daniel Roman has a title at 122, so they made a deal with Thompson Boxing that they're going to do that fight on DAZN, that one fight. So unless uh, uh, Kevin McDonald wins or unless uh, Roman uh, really likes his experience uh, fighting in front of uh, 20,000 people uh, on DAZN, then, you know, that title is going to leave DAZN after that fight. Uh, And then the very last fighter here, Jesse Vargas, confirmed that he's a new match from USA fighter. So, yeah. Anyway, I went off on a long digression. The whole point I was trying to make is Hearn did manage to get a few new people. You know, prior to this, he had Danny Jacobs. Now he has Demetrius Andre and Jesse Vargas as well. And then a bunch of other just TV stuff going on. Um, 
you know, yeah, it's completely ridiculous in the context of the billion dollar deal and the takeover, but you know, he has some more fighters in his stable than he did before. He has a, a bigger footprint in the U S than he did before. He has a home for his match from UK cards. Um, so, you know, if he had just come out and said that, I don't think anyone would say really that's bad. They'd say, Oh, okay. Matchroom USA continues to grow. But given the context of the billion dollar takeover, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. How far down the list of fighters do you have to go before you hit Jesse Vargas of guys that you should, you would want to sign for your promotion? Well, so regarding Jesse Vargas, I think that's an interesting one. Um, where I see Jesse Vargas, uh, I see that similar to Jarrell Miller and Demetrius Andrade. You know, it's sort of trying to get a B side in the in the mix. So Jesse oh, Vargas has been mentioned. Term. Well, this is like not Vince Russo really. Right here. I mean, Jesse Vargas was uh, lit, has been said multiple times as the most likely next opponent for Errol Spence. Errol Spence has mentioned him. He came up a lot when I went to that Errol Spence media event uh, with Showtime uh, after in New York after Spence's fight with Ocampo. So it's a little strange. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's, uh, you know, Hearn has been, I mean, I know you don't really watch the internet videos that much, but Hearn with Jacobs in his stable has been trolling Jamal Charlo and saying, oh, you, you know, you got to fight my guy. And, you know, he, he keeps name dropping that, you know, they had this, this interaction. So, okay, so now he has a reason to, to get into the mix at welterweight. You know, he's going to be drawing up all the welterweights and uh, talking about the Jesse Vargas takeover at welterweight. So, okay, who but knows? He, here's the other side of this is that um, – while making fights should be a completely objective thing where you're literally going after either the best fight, meaning you're putting the best to two, the best, getting the best opponent that you can get for your, for your fighter, or you're looking for the best fight insofar as this is a great style matchup for my opponent. And now maybe one guy's more likely to win at the end of the day, the fans will win more than my fight. They'll gain more than my fighter will, because obviously if it's a great fight, then that means that my fighter is going to get messed up a little bit. Okay? But that's not how all fights are made. Fights are made on a risk-reward basis where you try to take as little risk for as little gain or reward. Um, and then there's one more aspect of this, and I think we don't talk about it enough because there's no way to prove it, but we'd be Id idiots if we denied it. And that's that sometimes personal pride gets in the way. Sometimes uh, political stuff, which we do talk about, but more like just pride gets in the way of fights being made. Um, for the longest time, uh, Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather not fighting did come down to pride in, in addition to actual logistical hurdles. Now, here's the thing. Jesse Vargas is being mentioned as an opponent for Errol Spence, which is fine. And as an opponent for Spence, it's not bad. You could do a lot worse. Spence fighting Vargas is more competitive than Terrence Crawford fighting Jeff Horn. However, you can get another guy just like Jesse Vargas. And while their name recognition might not be as high as Jesse <clears throat> Vargas, I could see maybe the Heyman boxing side of things saying, well, you know, Jesse wants to go with Eddie Hearn. Eddie Hearn wants to fool around with this offer for Wilder to fight Joshua. Well, we'll just fight someone else. How about that? And then 
Jesse Vargas has no route to being a B-side. I don't see Top Rank trying to bring him in. I mean, maybe, but he's already been with Top Rank and left Top Rank, and I can see um, Aram being just as petty and making that fight happen, which essentially locks Jesse Vargas out, leaves Eddie Hearn with a guy who's basically a B-level fighter with nothing to do with him, trying to promote him as an A-side eventually and failing. Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> the way I'd respond to that, I mean, Jesse Vargas, yeah, if they're going to try, if he's going to try to hold out Jesse Vargas, no question he could get iced out. You know, it's like, why did Daniel Jacobs sign with Eddie Hearn in the first place? Because all the, um, <clears throat> all the valuable middleweight fights would be on HBO. So that would free him up to fight those fights potentially or make them more likely. That was the theory anyway. Meanwhile, he hasn't gotten those fights yet. So yeah, Jesse Vargas, you'd think this would just isolate him, but Jesse Vargas made it very clear that he, uh, he's still with Al Heyman. So that's, that's an important <laughs> note here. He gave basically the same answer that Daniel Jacobs did almost, I mean, basically exactly uh, when asked was that Al Heyman is his advisor, but Eddie Hearn is his promoter. So as opposed to the other PBC fighters who aren't affiliated, um, you know, which is what Hearn was talking about. You know, when he talked about the billion dollar takeover, he wanted more deals like what he did with Daniel Jacobs. Words. Okay, this asks, this begs the question, though. Why would Heyman had had why would Heyman have advised both Jesse Vargas and Danny Jacobs that it is a viable option and one you should do to sign with Eddie Hearn? And then you have guys like Jesse, or sorry, not Jesse, Jermel Charlo, Jamal Charlo, Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia. These guys, it is not feasible. And my one immediate reaction to that um, is that there's a future for those guys to be not just on pay-per-view, but on pay-per-view as the A-side. And there's not a realistic path for Jesse Vargas and Danny Jacobs to be in that role. Both can be B-side opponents in a pay-per-view. Uh, for sure, Jesse Vargas not going to be uh, on a pay-per-view anytime soon unless he fights Floyd Mayweather, who returns, and that's not happening. But specifically for Danny Jacobs, it's a possibility that he could fight somebody who's big enough to fight on pay-per-view, but not necessarily as like someone who's bringing in anything other than maybe a little interest that the fight would be competitive. But I wonder what the thought process there, if that's not true. Can you think of like another angle there? Um, well, I, I think it's what's the right way to answer this. I mean, I think uh, one uh, from the, the PBC side of things, as far as why this would make sense. I mean, it's direct response to what you're saying, but uh, Matchroom does have a few guys that could be useful to mix with their fighters so you know talk about kel brook at 154 Heyman has all the other 154 guys they'd love to have kel brook uh you know get in with kel brook maybe that fight would happen on the zone instead of um yeah jesse Showtime, vargas ends you know? his career well i'm talking about what Heyman's 154 left. guys you know uh Heyman also has amir khan like they would love to eventually get i mean everyone wants to fight amir khan i mean top ranks trying to get terence crawford uh, against Amir Khan, Pacquiao is trying to get Amir Khan, which I called for about a fight rank. with him today. Yeah, right. I mean, who wouldn't want <laughs> to get in the ring with Amir Khan? Uh, so, um, you know, just one to throw out a name. I mean, Jesse Vargas could fight Amir Khan, or this could be a way of just, you know, 
opening up relations again. I mean, if you go back a number of years ago, um, PBC was doing a lot of fights with Matchroom and Eddie Hearn. And then that kind of dropped off. It's a little bit of a Cold War situation happened. Um, you know, this might be a way of opening up some of that. And some of those uh, welterweight fights might happen on his own instead of Showtime, which, you know, by the way, for all the talk about how friendly Showtime is with uh, the Al Heyman universe, this also creates someone to bid uh, off uh, Showtime. You know, Lord knows HBO is not going to do that. But if they say, OK, um, Showtime, you give us a four million dollar dollar license fee for Errol Spence versus Jesse Vargas. Well, okay, maybe DAZN wants to give a five million dollar license fee. Um, so that's possible as well. I mean, it, you know, it's uh, um, that relationship and having another partner with a big pocket potentially. I mean, granted, it's really hard to say how much money is actually there based on you know <laughs> what we saw today. You know, far cry from the billion dollar takeover, but you know, maybe uh, it's not a bad idea to keep all their options open to have another uh, company to bid uh, bid against Showtime. Do you think? I don't think, at least, that Heyman would do that. I mean, Showtime stuck with Heyman and PBC for a really long time. Even when, uh, and this is a little spoiler um, for the next episode, long-form episode that I'm doing on the Patreon page, but uh, Showtime has been there, loyal to not just Heyman, but PBC as a venture, understanding the, the, the business plan and what it, what it meant for them in the short term. And I don't see that they would do that to Showtime where now they're using Eddie Hearn and this days and thing as leverage to get a higher licensing fee for some fights. Uh, um, and well, especially because me... here's the other thing uh, I'll say, I'll add to this is that they're not going to have a big footprint at all. What benefit is there to let Spence go fight on days in when it's very likely that I, I legitimately think they're going to struggle to get 200,000 subscribers, new subscribers who are there for boxing. Like I, I think 200 is going to be pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, that's astronomically high. So you were going to say something else though. Go on. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, there are two ways of looking at it. Maybe I'm more cynical than you are. You know, you're saying, okay, Steven Espinosa is best pals with Al Heyman. Um, okay. Well, I mean, one, it could also be, you know, somewhere in between there. But just as a separate thing, I mean, another premise of this deal was that um, uh, Eddie Hearn kept talking about the PBC guys don't have enough fight dates. You know, that's been a big question mark about why the PBC guys have fought so infrequently. Is it, does it have to do with some of the fighters preferring to fight just once a year because that's the schedule they want, or they're really not enough fight dates? Certainly there have been some fighters that's who have a, talked about a... not having enough fight, state, fight dates. So let me just finish the thought. So, uh, you know, this could also just be, okay, here's some more fight dates. You know, here's another per, another party that's willing to pay for some of these fights. Again, it's kind of weird that it ended up with um, Jesse Vargas up on the stage, but um, I'll, I'll let you finish, but uh, I'll, I'll get back to you in a second. But another topic that we should get onto is really what the future of this is going to be, because we have basically one event, which is duct taped together, uh, that, you know, really doesn't even have opponents listed for. And then a second event, which isn't even duct taped together yet. I mean, this was, this was about getting people up on a stage for a press conference. This is not a sustainable 16 fight a year operation, which is what they've said it's going to be as far as match. Yeah, this wasn't exactly so, the PBC out front from this year. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, night and day, if you compare the two. Anyway, I mean, it's just laughable. Um, were, were you going to say something? Well, I, I think that if 
and I'm not saying that you're saying this, but if the if the thought is, well, PBC is struggling to get dates, like that's just a stupid statement that Eddie Hearn could make and probably a stupid statement that anybody could make. Do you really think that PBC, the venture that got a ton of criticism for having too many dates spread across a bunch of different networks at different times is really struggling for dates. I think dates would be a simple thing for them to get, that that would not be hard, especially if Fox uh, and FS1 are divesting from the UFC as UFC prepares to head over to ESPN. Um, I think that dates are there. Time is there on networks. It's a matter yeah. of, and and again, this is a, a, there's a full episode that I have coming out about this, but I, I just I'm not buying that, and I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but I don't I don't think that that's true. I think that's Eddie Hearn's spin, and it's something that you should expect from Eddie Hearn. The guy is a master of, at spinning, and I and I love him for that. I think he's great at it, but I'm not going to be sold off by this, or bought off rather. Yeah, I'll, I'll just let me just respond to the very. I mean, this is, uh, you know, hopefully going to be the zone podcast mostly, mostly and not, you know, get off to too many of these tangents. But as far as the PBC and the fight dates, um, you know, just to use an example, Sean Porter only fought once in 2016. Uh, he fought twice in uh, 2014, 2015. 2017 again only once in 2016 he's said very you know many times he'd prefer to fight three times a year didn't he get injured last year well okay so let me just uh finish what i'm saying here so um yeah he he did hurt his hand against adrian granados but just as as a broad statement though he said he wants to fight more but i mean that again that's the question of is he fighting um only twice a year because you know, there are any number of reasons for that. I mean, he could want, he could say publicly, I want to fight more, but he might want to make, you know, X dollar amount per fight if he's going to step in the ring. So it might be a question of, okay, they only have a certain number of fight dates and opponents where he could earn that amount of money. It could also mean that, you know, there's a master plan where, you know, in the, the Al Heyman universe, they say, okay, we want to position you ultimately for bigger money fights against Danny Garcia and Errol Spence, but those fights need to happen at the right time. So, you know, as of right now, he's got a, a big fight coming up with Danny Garcia. Um, uh, very likely that he'll fight Errol Spence, win or lose in the next two years, just because Spence will need opponents. Uh, very possible fight a rematch with Keith Thurman eventually. So, you know, some of this is also just moving the pieces around the chessboard. But anyway, um, as far as like wanting more fight dates, it, you know, I don't really have anything more to say with that. Um, I think that is possible that they could want more fight dates. You make the good point. There are a lot of players out there, which, you know, again, uh, we don't want to spend too much time on the PBC, but I think it's extremely possible we could still see a big PBC license deal at some point. You know, oh, we had the would, whole... That you know, would be 20, hilarious. Well, 2018 is all about the Showtime upfront, you know? Uh, we don't really know what 20, 2019 looks like. You know, I still think that's possible. I mean, we could see it could be with CBS, you know, it could be um, Showtime, CBS Sportsnet, CBS Broadcast, something like that. Uh, could be Fox. You know, Fox still has some involvement with them, although that's less likely since Fox has made some other deals. So CBS I, would seem like. But anyway, we'll, let's try to stay on the zone. We, well, I don't think I, we want to have it to well, our look, podcast. I think tonight. for what the zone is. <laughs> what he has or what they've done so far what DAZN is basically doing and and this is good okay so 
they've now entered a market serving the underserved in boxing. You know, Danielle, I keep calling him Danielle. Uh, D- Daniel Roman, Demetrius Andrade are guys that are with promoters that really can't get the themselves on TV on their own. You know, Andrade fought on a PBC undercard before. Um, and, and unless they're in really top-tier fights and brought in even like as a co-main or something, they, they don't get dates. They don't get attention. And by signing guys like a Jesse Vargas and signing uh, an Arthur Betterbeev, somebody who's really took a nosedive in, in the, the progression of their career, um, they're, they're, they're working with guys who don't get the opportunities that say you would get if you're with Al Heyman or that you would get if you were top rank. And, and this leads into the question of, is there a pathway to success with those guys? Um, are you throwing it back to me? Yeah. I, yeah, I, well, one, I, I would sort of dispute that there's even that much like <laughs> of a strategy, you know, I mean, th- this played out exactly the way that we should have expected. Hearn announced his takeover and that he had a lot of money. Meanwhile, every, virtually every good fighter is signed up to a solid deal. So, you know, who is he ever going to end up with? So I, I, you know, as far as talking about underserved fighters, I mean, Daniel Roman is in a good position in his career. He probably would have gotten more showcase fights on Showtime. There was a lot of talk that he was sort of going to be fill the spot that Chocolatito did to Golovkin with Errol Spence, that he could fight on Errol Spence's undercards going forward to, you know, get a little Hispanic flavor. Um, you know, so that might still happen because again, he's just signed for one fight against a matchroom opponent on a matchroom card. So it's not really that crazy. Um, and the rumor is Chicago Vargas will fight well, Adrian Granados. Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually a good fight. That makes sense, which is a separate, separate thing. I mean, um, I've talked about this before. Um, Eddie Hearn's shows previously have all had basically been promoted by existing U.S. promoters, and he's just had like some fighters on the cards, um, and that's certain to continue here. Um, like you know, that's for, at least for the two announced dates. Um, that's very possible. Also with Daniel Roman, by the way, he's promoted by Thompson Boxing, so they're very possible. They're very likely they promote shows in California to be the main promoter on that California show. And, um, yeah, Adrian Granados, I forgot the name of the promoter now, but he, he, again, is a Chicago based fighter. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Leon, Leon Margulies who, who works with, uh, I, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I, I didn't, Warriors I didn't look boxing? this up, but, uh, well, Leon Margulies is Warriors boxing, but, um, I believe, uh, yeah, Adrian Granados is based out of Chicago. So that, that makes sense. Yes, and, he is. uh, I, I can't, I, well, yeah, I can't look up here though. Um, I, I'm, I'm not finding it who his, uh, Chicago promoter is, but almost certainly that will be the promoter of the Chicago event, which by the way, Dimitri Salito is floating around today. Who's big baby Miller's co-promoter. So, I mean, it's going to be the same version of Matchroom USC that we've seen already. I mean, the takeover did not happen. It's just going to be more of these shows where Hearn just throws a few of his guys on these sort of local club shows. I wonder what the pathway is to, for, uh, I guess, to get over the UK fighters. Like, is 
is the plan to just have these UK fights broadcast on DAZN here in America and then hope that they catch on? Or will there be a plan that they come over here and fight in America to uh, expand their exposure, I guess, and and whatever, uh, market their brand or whatever? I don't know. I don't don't think there's a great... Back when the billion-dollar announcement was made, it seemed like there was a grand plan. This has shown there is no grand plan, but this is just, you know, a, Hearn having a bigger footprint in the U.S. I mean, he's uh, shown Katie Taylor on a bunch of U.S. fight cards. She's announced uh, for the Chicago fight card. She was at the event today. Um, again, same Apparently thing with Joshua. Did real I mean, good on the mic. Oh, I, uh, what's the comment there? Uh, I'm not saying anything. It was sarcastic. <laughs> Just heard it was oh, some you, of the, some of these you, guys you on the mic so weren't good. I, I I didn't see it, but I heard. Uh, oh, you didn't watch the event? Okay, it's streamed. Um, yeah, I did. Okay, I, anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that's. But I, I mean, a lot of this again does just seem to be sort of Hearn increasing his footprint in the U.S. I mean, the ultimate goal, very specifically, is Joshua will ultimately need to fight in the U.S. to maximize his earnings. Um, you know, there's no question. I mean, that's something we've talked to death about how much more money there is in Vegas than in the UK. I mean, they can talk about ticket sales all they want, but the money is in the US. And I think this is part of a continued slow build. I mean, just Joshua being there today, getting into the confrontation with Big Baby Miller. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that there's a, a big part of this deal is going to be a big ad spend. So Joshua at least is going to get a lot of exposure through days in ads you know, which is not bad for him. If every time there's a days in commercial, uh, you see Anthony Joshua's face and he's, he's promoted alongside the network. So, um, yeah, I think ultimately, I mean, it seems very likely five years from now, Joshua is going to be based in Las Vegas and Hearn is just doing kind of the slow build or, you know, could be faster, but right now this is more of the slower build version of just ramping up his U S operations. I, I, I really don't think there's a grand plan. I mean, this indicates that, but again, it's just part of continuing to increase his footprint. Wait, you really uh, don't think that they have uh, a grand plan? For Matram USA? No. I mean, they wouldn't be calling people up one week ago to try to sign <laughs> them for one fight deals. I mean, no, absolutely not. I mean, we can pivot to that topic. I mean, so, okay, so they have one and a half fight cards announced already. I mean, what do you think is going to happen after that? I mean, all of these fighters will have fought. I mean, World Boxing Super Series kicks off. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, what? What is the Matchroom USA deal? I mean, they they confirmed again today that they're going to show sixteen U.S. based cards. But how does that work? You know, you're you're going to show all of the fighters on the first two cards. So are you going to wait like six months before? You know, it's like what happens if someone gets a cut or breaks a hand or something i mean i i don't really see how you get to 16 uh fight cards with this mix of guys which you know again they haven't even filled out those two fight cards with these guys only two of them have opponents on the first card um you know i mean it's kind of ridiculous yeah i i i don't see what the path is afterward unless we see some long-term agreements i mean maybe this is a a trial like hey we're going to do this and you can see how we treat these guys and, and word of mouth will get out. And then at the end of this, we will we'll, we'll see or you will see how we do and then maybe you sign on, maybe you don't. But I, I really I don't guess, see. I mean, I mean, look, they signed a bunch of B-tier guys. Like, 
it, it I it's really hard to envision. Like even if you're the, the most pro Hearn, pro matchroom, and I guess pro days in person. I don't see <laughs> how you could be super optimistic about at least the short term. Other than, and this was desperately needed. They desperately needed to announce that Joshua versus Povetkin fight. But outside of that, I don't see how you can, in the short term, see like, oh yeah, they're going to do a lot of subscriptions. And and I'm going to say that that's how we'll measure success because whether you watch it or not is irrelevant. As long as you pay, I think they don't care. I mean, again, but it's like, who's going to sign up though? Like you don't you don't have a big draw to, to bring in the names. I mean, uh, you know Archer Betterbeev versus Callum Johnson. You know again Betterbeev not signed to the deal. Yep, he's with Yvonne Michelle still. Right, so not signed to the deal. They're just showing his fight. And and very um, likely that's the plan. I guess is to license fights from promoters that don't have TV. And look, this is pretty viable. I at least it was twelve months ago. But now that you have ESPN Plus basically doing the same thing, uh, yeah, that's a little rough when you're bidding against ESPN. You know, Dazen might have a lot of venture money, but um, it, and you could blow it. But when ESPN well, it's Russian is oligarch money, <laughs> well, to be more specific, I'm I mean, not there's, getting there's into that Russian, Russian money laundering going on in this. But yeah, anyway, well, okay, continue. fine. You you know you can't just say that and like we're just gonna move on. So you need to spit it out. Um, that's all I have to say on that. No, you can't do that. <laughs> I'll leave that, that right there. You can't do that. How? What? What? What do you know? Where? Sh- if if we should be looking somewhere, where should we be looking? But how are you going to say some nonsense like a Russian oligarch? You've been listening to what? Have you been listening to a particular podcasts? Uh, what's with the conspiracy theory here? Uh, we can do. Uh, how about this? We can do an episode of the Hook on it sometime later. Hmm. But. You're not on the hook. So we're going to have to have a little private conversation uh, that will live stream for the Patreon subscribers. It won't be recorded. And how about that? So anyway, what I'm referring to is uh, investments from uh, yeah Russian, Russian investors. We've got... Uh, access industries i'm trying to find the specific details actually i i apologize but yeah I, there's really not that much to what i'm saying it's just something they talked about hern talked about oh we've got all this money it's from russian billionaires um yeah i mean oh, yeah. Russian, russian billionaires, billionaires russian oligarchs yeah i mean it's it's yeah i mean exactly i mean it's like how much do you need to really how much more really needs to be said about that um uh, loads given the current political climate but yeah. Anyway, we can we can spin back not to the actual my, part of things. It's not exactly uh, my strong suit there, but we could definitely move on. So um, I did the math this morning. Looks like at the price point of nine ninety nine, they'd need to have three hundred ninety one thousand and change subscribers in order to make back the money on a yearly basis of what the budget is estimated to be. Uh, do they have a what shot? What is the budget estimated to be? $125 million a year. Oh, I mean, those numbers just don't mean anything anymore. I mean, I guess. I mean, you're doing fake math on top of fake numbers. Um, yeah, I mean, there is no $1 billion deal. I mean, we, we've talked about that at the time. That the, the, you know, it seems like, seemed like this was just hyperbole and made-up numbers, and today confirmed that. Uh, um, what's your evidence? 
what's the evidence? Mm-hmm. Well, we never had hard proof before. They just said billion-dollar deal over and over again. And if you looked at the the wording of the press release, they never actually said, you know, specifically what the budget was. I mean, every, there, are, there are interviews where there are multiple conflicting accounts from the DAZN people from Hearn as far as what the numbers are. I mean, it's just, yeah, I just don't need to belabor the point. I mean, they just said billion-dollar deal over and over again without giving any more specifics than that. And then we did numbers after that when you divide 1 billion by 16 U.S. cards, but... Yeah, I mean, it just, yeah, again, so fake math on top of fake numbers. It's not a criticism of you. It's just um, that was proven to be hyperbole. I mean, what could possibly be the budget of these cards, right? I mean, that there's nothing to do with that budget. Well, they, they've said it's for sure seven figures, which is like oh, okay. in the million. That's more than, more than $1 million, which is about right for these cards. Or it could be $1 million on the money. Who knows? Um, but <laughs> right, right. obviously... Quarterly financials should be coming out at some point where we'll actually see, um, you know, maybe what those numbers are, how much is being allocated to this uh, venture. Do we call it a venture? What is this, a, a business? Come on, Tom, you've got uh, a fine. master's in business, you're, and you're just going to sit here. I just say venture. I just like, I... I, I... Just want to say again, it's like so much of this information is not actually known. I don't want to try to have like a high-minded discussion where like you know we don't have real data. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, what else is there to get to, or, or is it, are we done? Let me see. So just going through the fighters, trying to think if there are any other real stories from the day. I mean, the the Joshua big baby inter- interaction was fun, although it was clearly staged. Um, um, did you yeah, talk I to just, anybody? I talked to Daniel Roman and overheard a conversation with basically I was over the shoulder of an Ellie Sackback style interview and they covered every single question I possibly could have had. So I didn't, didn't end up interviewing him. Um, let me see. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, really the, the major questions are, you know, who is actually, you know, what is going to be the next fight card after that? And, you know, what are they going to be doing here? Are they just going to be like um, uh, trying to outbid people at purse bids? I right? think that's I mean, like, probably, what's the strategy here? Yeah, I, I think that's a good call right there. So you have Andrade potentially fighting Saunders and you need to outbid Warren. Right. Then you have the, the Better Be of Johnson fight. You have Roman fighting uh, Gavin McDonald, and here's another thing: Will that happen in America? See, Which I think fight? a lot of cards uh, will be uh, matchroom cards in the UK that just get broadcasted here. Which is okay, interesting. Okay, so to because... be clear, he, he re- reconfirmed 16 UK cards, 16 US cards. Okay, here's the f- the thing that I was thinking about this morning, which I think is kind of funny, is that Hearn promotes matchroom cards in the UK. And he's also operating as like a network executive for DAZN here in America. He's going to pay a license fee for cards he's already promoting to be on his network in America. I, I think that's a pretty good deal, if you're asking me. Um, they, uh, apparently that the Roman McDonald is going to be a show in LA in October. That's yes, uh, bizarre. Roman's not Why a draw. Why is that bizarre? McDonald's on a draw. Like, uh, who do they expect to show up for that fight? Uh, 
I mean, that's a good question. I, 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 it really is just, the whole thing is crazy. Yeah. I mean, exactly. What's the, what's the math there? Um, yeah, yeah. You, you said it. I mean, who is going, I mean, again, billion dollar takeover, right? I mean, I just. One Danielle Roman and Super Bantamweight fight at no, a time. No, I'll just say, that's a good fight. I would watch that fight. Yeah, um, Daniel but... Roman is an all-access fighter, an all-action uh, fighter. Well, by the way, they're also trying to get the Maurice Hooker, Alex Salcedo fight for that date. So their plan is to try to win the purse bid and then do the fight on that date. But you know, again, it's like it's crazy. They have Maurice Hooker at the the press conference. If they lose the purse bid, he's not, he's not even on the service. <laughs> well, assuming he wants to keep his title, um, um, I, I think maybe. They're... Yeah, yeah. They might be betting that there's no way they lose the purse bid. I mean, what we found is that uh, what if Matchroom and Matchroom USA both bid on the fight? And then the, the maybe they both beat out top rank and then the cheaper bid or the, the, the higher bid pulls out and we get it uh, dropped down to the lower bid that just barely beats top rank. Well, right. And you throw Rock Nation Sports into the mix and you're talking about a three on one. Yeah. So I better count my money so I can bid on this one. Anyway, yeah, I, I think that probably is it. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, it is just kind of uh, this is like the least interesting version of what the announcement could be. I, I guess really the intrigue was just, you know, talking about just how bad it was and how few of these fighters are actually signed to full deals. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm talked out. Have anything else? Uh, that's it. I just want to say thanks for coming on. For those of you listening, thanks for listening. If you have questions, um, ask them, and then we'll get to them in, in another episode. Uh, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you can do that at patreon.com slash sundaypuncher. Rate and review the podcast. And uh, I guess uh, that's it. We'll be back in a couple of days, actually. Okay. See you guys. Gunfight, pinned to a test The chest in the line of fire with your thin ass vest You bringing them boys to men Them boys pull in This is grown man B.I. Get you rolled in the triage B.I.G.